Welcome to Do It For The Gram, an Enneagram podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart, where we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to improve our lives and our communities. On this episode, we continue our series on growth work, and we're starting in today. The episode is about the Enneagram 5. So if this episode doesn't challenge you, make your ego kind of flare up and be like, who are you talking about? This is stupid. Then maybe this may not be your type or you've done a lot of growth work. But no pressure. This is all growth work. And so one thing you don't want to do is pressure yourself into trying to do growth work. You want to relax and just work through it and do your thing. So let's go intro music. So we're starting today with the Enneagram 5. Much of my information today is going to come from Ginger's book, The Art of Typing. So I'm going to use a little bit of different description about the Enneagram 5. And so for this episode, we're going to talk about the attention focus or the focus that a 5 has when they walk into a room or a place or something is that they focus, they pick up on the expectations demands put on them and the subtle intrusions on their personal space or time. So this is very interesting if you really think about it, because it makes sense when you think about a five having the idea of scarcity, which you're going to get into, because they're automatically picking up what are people expecting for me to do? What are the expectations with this group that I have to be a part of or this society or whatever it is, how do I have to use my energy and how much energy is it going to require? Are there demands? Are there subtle intrusions that they're going to be trying to use my personal space and my personal time? So fives are going to notice that a lot of times right off the bat, when they come into a room, an organization or a group, they're going to be wondering all of these things. What are the expectations? What are the demands? And what are those intrusions that's going to happen with my space and my time? So the false identity for the five, which is the ego, when it pushes it outward, the false identity for the Enneagram five is false scarcity. It is the belief that they have somehow that their internal resources and energy is finite. So they have a limited amount to actually do tasks or be a part of certain organizations or be a part of certain groups and different small talk. So it's the thought And it's the false thought that they have a limited amount of internal and inner resources to deal with life. So in the worldview of the Enneagram 5 is resources are scarce. I must conserve my time, energy, and knowledge, or I will be entirely depleted. So um, the upside to this is that Fives can look at resources and try to use them most efficiently and try to put them in the place where they need to be, which in one sense is good because we do need to utilize things efficiently in order to use them correctly, our resources. The other problem with this is that when it comes to internal resources, not necessarily external resources, what we think about like natural resources, but internal resources, what they can turn into the the mindset of being everything being so scarce It turns into a hoarding or a selfishness from the five, which could flare up a 
uh, Enneagram 5's ego when they say selfish. I'm not selfish. I X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. But this is in a sense because the selfish part of it or the withholding or hoarding part of this is the fact that you have the ability within you to share something that would help other people, but you're keeping it to yourself because of your own personal beliefs that resources are scarce. And so that's what that the downside of that worldview is, is that the five has something to give, but they're not giving it because they feel like it's limited or there's not enough. So I have to keep it to myself and make sure I have it. And that's not only with time and energy, but it's really with knowledge too, which we'll get into a little bit later. Does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does the mere idea of going into work give you anxiety? If you say yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But since you're not going to quit your job, you should contact Kaizen Careers. At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, conflict management, and leadership development, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace cultures so you can improve your services and bottom lines. Contact Kaizen Careers at K-A-I-Z-E-N-C-A-R-E-E-R-S.com or Milton at KaizenCareers.com or give us a call at 901 334 1644. All right. So the ego ideal, the ego ideal for the Enneagram 5 is the wise person. Always knowledgeable and autonomous, never emotional or transparent. And so the ego idea is what's inside pushing out towards others, but also to them as well until you become aware of it. Is that Enneagram 5s, they, they, they want to be the wise person or they may not say it that way. They may say they want to be like very competent or in some of them they have like if you watch the posture of five sometimes it's a very thoughtful posture i'm pondering i'm thinking they really want to be the smart person and for good and for bad necessarily but they do really want to be that smarter wise person who's very knowledgeable the tricky part though is that the ego also pushes out that i do not show emotions or i'm not very transparent to others either They can become an issue as well with the five in relationships and in like workspaces where they don't show necessarily those emotions like presently. And they have such kind of like thick boundaries in a sense that they create is that they're not really transparent because they don't want you to intrude on their personal space or their personal time or their energy or their knowledge. And so that becomes very tricky when the ego flares up in the five because it's showing that. I'm not going to show you emotion. I'm not going to be very transparent with you, but I'm going to seem very knowledgeable, though. I know a whole lot about a whole lot of different things. So that is something to be aware of. Enneagram fives as your ego. If something like strikes you and triggers your ego for you to look like the wise person in the room or to just come off as you're the extremely competent person in the room. The unmet longing for the Enneagram five is to experience and fully understand life at all levels. That means mental, emotional, and physical without the fear of feeling like you're going to be invaded. All those things are going to be invaded. And so this is what's huge because honestly, fives definitely can comprehend the world from a thought perspective. 
They can understand it from a logical and thought perspective. The challenge comes is when they have to embody and truly engage in life with their body and their emotions. And that means doing that presently, not later on, but presently being all there present with other people and themselves and not just being there with their head, but being there with the heart and their body intelligence as well. Because that's going to give them what they really, really seek for. And that's to understand life at all those levels and to truly experience life, not just think life, not just process life in your head, but actually truly experience it from a full body embodiment standpoint. Thirst and avoidance. Enneagram fives, they thirst for knowledge and wisdom. They love it. They drink it up. They love knowledge, wisdom, constantly getting getting more and more information. They, they love the even the pursuit of information. A lot of times it's fun for fives. Being able to just draw on it and make more connections within their brain just lights them up. It just, it just does something great for them in their head. It just feels really good for them to be able to say, hmm, this connects to that based off of this pattern and people are not recognizing it. Interesting. Uh, so for fives, it's really fulfilling. It's really a thirst thing for them. More knowledge, more information and wisdom as well. And also fives want to avoid intrusion by others and a loss of energy. So with already the scarce mindset, they do their best to avoid anything that feels like an intrusion by others or a loss of energy, which, as I said before earlier, can be tricky and taxing because sometimes people want fives to be involved in certain things and fives are like, no, that's going to take away from my time and it's going to be intruding on my personal space, time and energy and knowledge. So I don't think I want to do that. No, no, thank you. And so they're really good. A lot of times fives are really good at saying no and not doing things because the feeling of intrusion from others upon their internal resources, or they know it'd be a, a loss of energy. But that's the ego speaking, because even though some of that may be true to a certain extent, a lot of times the situation it's not always about you, just to be completely honest. And I think a lot of times fives don't understand just how much they have to offer the world, how much the world, I guess, could really utilize it and benefit from the things that they have to offer. And so I think when fives truly start to understand that, they are able to give more, even from a place that's not like, oh, I can give this because it doesn't utilize that much energy for me and it's not that intrusive, but from a place that is a little bit more vulnerable, intrusive, a little bit energy taxing. I think when they become closer to that point, they are able to realize like, wow, I do have a lot to offer and there's a lot of things I can help people with. The thirst part too, which is tricky about the thirst for the Enneagram 5 too, is sometimes they can require and want so much information and knowledge that they just constantly soak it in, but they're not actually putting action towards it or they're not moving towards it or they're not connecting with it, but they are constantly have more information. They can describe the situation perfectly. They can use the right words, the right categories and everything, but they have not fully connected with it with their heart and with their body. So they haven't acted upon that knowledge and data. And so that's very important for fives to notice as well as when you've gotten stuck in, I need more information. I need more information. I need more information. When it's like, okay, you got enough information, a little bit more, it's not going to change what you need to do next. It's time to act. All right. Thought pattern, which is the fixation. And thought pattern for the, the Enneagram 5 is stinginess. Ooh, I can see some Enneagram 5's egos flaring up. Like, I know he didn't just say, I'm stingy. But the thought pattern is stinginess. And so that's a scarcity paradigm leading to an insatiable thirst for knowing, 
a reluctance to share and to strategizing about how to control one's environment. I'm going to read that again. You've got to listen. This is very tricky because people naturally want to think that fives can be controlling, but they are. All types are controlling in their own interesting way. So I'm going to read it one more time. A scarcity paradigm leading to an insatiable thirst for knowing, a reluctance to share and to strategizing about how to control one's environment. So breaking it down to three different parts, the stinginess part with the thought pattern, fives can get stuck in constantly wanting to know more and more and more. We just unpacked that a little bit about the thirst of the five. And so it's constant. I want to know more. I want to know more. And it's as if that knowing more will create something better for them in the future. Hopefully you have found some value in this podcast episode. You can help to keep this podcast going by supporting us on Patreon.com. Patreon.com is a site where you can support content providers. Podcasts are free to listeners, but not free for creators. It actually costs money and definitely time to produce consistent and weekly podcasts. I podcast because I want to reach people and change our community through the Enneagram. If you want to help in that by supporting me, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash do it for the gram. The next part is reluctance to share. And so what's interesting is that the five wants more and more and more knowledge so that they can truly know more about whatever it is, about what's going on. But they have a reluctance to share any of that. So they're just like collecting it almost for themselves. And they have their own huge file cabinets or bookshelves of just knowledge and information that they have to themselves that's rarely shared, even though they have tons of it. And the component, which is like the biggest component, is the fact that a lot of times it, it is strategizing how to control their environment. And how do fives control their environment? It's very simple. They create very thick boundaries. They only share what they feel should be shared in this particular place. They don't allow people in and they create a way and fives find a way to create the boundaries the boundaries that fives create allows them to control their environment because they have created a way a lot of times for things not to invade their space, energy, and time. They are trying to control situations by doing that, by not allowing themselves to have to engage in ways that are a little uncomfortable, but they are doing things that creates the space that they personally want by controlling their environment and controlling who can know what, where they can know it and when things are going to happen and what things they won't be a part of. And so it's their way of controlling things. It's a tricky way of categorizing controlling because usually we think of people being in a way like forceful in the way that they want to manipulate and control people. We think of eights and ones when we think of more or less controlling in a sense. But the five controls things by setting up and creating ways where they don't have to engage in stuff, where they don't have to be a part of things. That's the five's way of controlling the environment. It's like, oh, I'm not going to be a part of that. Or I'm going to create a system where I don't have to fully give myself or fully actually engage. I can just give piecemeal things and I'm fine. So that's another way that fives tend to be controlling. Uh, or it's, I can give without having to give all of what I need or the things I need to give. 
And so that's a stinginess, the thought pattern that fives get in when their ego is triggered. It's like, mm -mm, I'm holding things closer to me and these things are going to stay with me and I'm going to make sure you don't get to this or see this or know this or understand this because it is just mine. All right, an emotional pattern, vice or passion, avarice, an intense desire to guard everything related to oneself combined with automatic detachment from feelings. So this is the part where when the fixation is tripped and the mind is going, because usually for the five, I would probably say the fixation happens before the um, emotional pattern happens. And so it just leads right into one another and it can go both ways, you know. One can trigger the other and go either way. But I would say the stinginess leads into the avarice because of their insatiable thirst for knowing and reluctance to share. Avarice kicks right in the emotional pattern. And that is basically they're guarding everything they related to themselves and they combine it with the ability to detach from their feelings. And so that is one thing about a five. They can detach from their feelings and situations and not have to, to use them at the time. But the issue is that when they're doing this, that ego is in total control of them. They're no longer necessarily making the choice for themselves. Their ego has taken control and it is hoarding. It is guarding everything related to themselves, even if there's not a reason to necessarily guard all those things. Something the ego has been triggered and it's like, nope, I'm going to guard everything. I'm protecting myself, my time. I'm not giving to that. That's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. So I'm not going to give anything to it. And so for a five, if something I have found for a five, if something does not equate in their logic to them, it's stupid. They don't make sense. Like, well, I think you might not understand it. They're like, no, I just don't make sense. That's stupid. X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And they're like, mm, okay, I'm just going to leave it there for right now. You'll probably process it three days later. But, you know, so I just find that really interesting. And I think the biggest component about it, which is very interesting and tricky for the five, is that their emotional pattern allows them to detach from their emotions. And so that's what's so interesting. When you, when a five's ego has been triggered and you see a five who has totally detached from their emotions and something that should be, in a sense, drawing emotions to deal with or issue, a lot of times they may have completely detached from because they're actually, their emotional pattern has created their ability to create space from their emotions at that time. And so that is what's really tricky about fives and their emotional pattern. Be aware of it. When you, you feel the extra hard sense to guard everything that is yours internally and even out externally, check yourself. Be like, okay, something's going on here. And I actually need to check in with myself because I'm like guarding everything for some reason. I feel some type of intrusion I believe to be intrusion and I'm guarding everything. So I need to make sure I'm okay so I'm not being controlled by my ego and I'm actually making the actual choice to do what I need to do in these situations. The path to integration for the Enneagram 5, I had a tough time because I wrote down quite a few phrases I want to use for this. But as of right now, I'm going to say be more than thoughtful. And I say be more than thoughtful because fives are extremely thoughtful. But be heartfelt, be moving, become an actor in the sense of your thoughts become not only thoughts, but they become actions uh, and you move and shake people. And you don't just say something that's profound and really thoughtful, but you're able to get in touch with your heart and your body so that people can not only understand mentally what you're saying. And it's not only great on paper and the logic makes sense, but 
in the heart area and in the body, they feel you and understand you. Connect with those parts of yourself. So I'm going to say be more than thoughtful. Look for ways to get to your heart and to your body in the present moment. That's going to allow for some integration. Embody your thoughts. Utilize your body to exercise a lot of the thoughts that you have. The path towards growth for the Enneagram 5 is going to be live in abundance. And this is tricky because your ego tells you that there's a scarcity of resources, but there's not a scarcity of resources internally. There's a spring and it's overflowing over and over again. And I think that's an amazing part when a when an Enneagram 5 does something that they didn't believe they could do and they accomplish it. And it took a lot. It took a lot of energy, it took a lot of time for them. And they start to realize that, wow, I really can do this. And I really did this. And that took a lot out of me. They start to realize that there's more inside of them than they ever realized. And that it can keep coming. And there's a spring and a flow inside of you that will keep continuously giving. We just get stuck in our ego and believing that, oh, I only got this short amount, but there's so much more in there and it keeps renewing and replenishing and we don't even realize it. And so live in abundance. Don't always initially say no, or if you do initially say no, go back and think about it and say, am I making this out of my ego, which is just the fear of being intruded upon? Or do I have some actually can give and help this organization or these people or this person that could be truly beneficial for them, but could also engage me in life in ways that feel like it would drain me, but actually would bring me joy, happiness, and experiences that really transform how I view life and how I live life. All right, practical ways to get better. The number one way I say on every single episode is get an Enneagram coach. I have one myself. I definitely recommend it. We need someone to understand how our ego operates so that when we're talking to somebody like a counselor or therapist, that they understand that our answers may make total sense in uh, one way, logically or heartfelt or in the body sense. But for us, it's not beneficial for us to stay that place. They need to get us in another place. So for the five, an Enneagram coach is going to be able to get you, help you get out of your head some and get into your body, into your heart a little bit more and do some different things that help you become and you bring those to the present moment. Bring your heart and your body to the present moment, not just your mind. And so Enneagram coach is going to really be able to help see that and help you with that. And so that's why I definitely recommend an Enneagram coach. All right. The next thing is I would say stretch in the mornings slash workout. It is going to be super important because the five's brain is processing, processing, processing. Even as soon as they get up, usually it's just got a lot of things going on. It's looking at things, it's organizing, it's putting patterns together, putting different things together uh, all the times. But you want to make sure you get into your body. This is going to help you throughout the day because when fives are able to get into their bodies, it's easier for them to get into their hearts. That's kind of how typically it's easier for the five to work. It's like if they can get into their bodies, they can get to moving, grooving and doing different things they need to do. It's going to help them get into their bodies and hearts. And so one of the important things that I would say is definitely stretch in the morning and exercise and work out your body. And so stretching in the morning is gonna get their blood flowing naturally to them. And it's gonna be able to get different parts of their brain and the body wakes up as well. And so that just gets more part of the five going because the brain is already going. But once you activate the body, then the heart is more easily to activate and utilize in your daily relational conversations and interactions. All right, and the last practical way I would say is share humbly and freely with others, volunteering to 
tutoring, mentoring, blogging, Reddit, and etc. Share your knowledge, passions with others without worry about competency and someone taking or invading your information. So fives, like I tell most fives when I do sessions or when I do like workshops, is that fives usually have more information than 90% of the people in the room about a particular topic. The only thing is that they don't feel like they have all the information they need to be able to present it because they do not feel competent enough to present it. And they're a fear of being embarrassed or somehow invaded internally in a space that makes them vulnerable to feel like they're not competent enough. Listen, fives, you have too much to give to be worried about being seen as incompetent and not knowing what you're talking about. Just, I mean, you think about it. Just think about it. Think about how many people are moving forward and up in life and they half know what they're talking about. Maybe they don't even know what half they're talking about. They know like a very small percentage of what they're talking about, but they're moving on and up in life and they're continuously doing things. Can you be one of the people that puts out good stuff that help people really understand what's really going on because you've actually researched it and actually studied it and know the data and information behind it? We need somebody to combat that information with actually thoughtful, deep, and wise information. But if you hold it in all the time, no one else can get it. So that's why I say share humbly and freely with others. You're going to get way more out of life, way more out of yourself than you would have ever thought because you have so much to offer. And so when you realize that, oh my goodness, the things that's going to happen for you, it's going to amaze you and shock you. And it's going to use a little bit of your energy that you didn't expect, but it's going to be that beautiful use of your energy where it's like, oh, that was worth it. And I'm going to do it again next time it comes up. And so make sure as an Enneagram 5, when you look into that, share humbly and freely with others. And it will be troubling because your emotional pattern and your thought pattern is going to kick in. The avarice and the stinginess is going to kick in and keep it to yourself. But trust me, when you share it, you're only doing but helping improve people and the lives and your communities around you. So one question you can ask yourself is what am I feeling right now? Breathe and take a moment to feel this, not just think about it, but listen to your heart and your body. What am I feeling right now? So this is going to help. I would say ask yourself this daily. And if you get to a point where you're really growing and challenging yourself, I would say multiple times a day, what am I feeling? Because you're always thinking. You, you know what you're thinking. That's not a problem. But what are you feeling? What is in your heart and what's in your body? And bring that to the present moment. If you can bring that to the present moment, you're going to be so much more effective. Not just efficient, but effective, where you're able to change lives with the words that you say. And you're going to be able to communicate the things you want to communicate when you want to communicate them and not feel the fear of not being competent enough to communicate those things. All right. Well, that's all I have for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share. That is rate, which helps others find the show. Subscribe so you can get the latest and greatest episodes and share if you feel this information can benefit someone you know. Also, I'm doing a fundraiser for an organization called Stand for Children, which I volunteer at. And this organization is to help create educational equity inside of schools all across America. More specifically, the one I work in in Memphis. And so what I'm doing, I'm doing like a t-shirt fundraiser from a website called bonfire.com. It'll eventually be in the show notes, so you can go there and I'll put it on social media. But what it's going to do, I want to donate 50% of my proceeds to Stand for Children because it's really doing things to change the way kids are being educated and making sure that equity is being provided for all kids. 
not just certain ones, not just certain schools, but for all of them. And so I just want to make sure that you're able to do that. So my initial thought, I want to reach for 3000 in total dollars, as in I donate 1500 to Stanford Children uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. But if we get 4000 I donate 2000 And I think it's a pretty cool, neat shirt. Real simple, nothing extravagant or crazy. But um, I'm going to put that in the show notes because I would love to be able to help change the community. This is one of the ways I want to change the community in the world is by staying local and doing the things locally that I can do to actually help transform uh, and better things for our youth and kids. And if you need any personal life coaching and career coaching based on the Enneagram, you can go through my organization. You can contact Kaizen at KaizenCareers.com or Milton at KaizenCareers.com or 901-334-1644. Also, if you would like to be a patron supporter like Zara or Gabe's, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. The patron community has more access to exclusive content, merchandise, and input on the podcast. Last thing, if you go to doitforthegrampodcast.com and subscribe, you receive a free gift. It's a PDF of each number. You can also read some really good blog posts from different numbers. And the latest blog post is from Enneagram 8, uh, who reached out via my website and uh, has some really deep um, and beautiful things about the Enneagram 8. So you can go there and read it at doitforthegrampodcast.com. There's also Enneagram t-shirts there as well. So check that out. Also, so Enneagram 5s, when you feel your ego is triggered and it's hard to make the next choice without withdrawing yourself, saying no, or guarding everything you own internally and externally, take a breath, get into your body some, and do it for the ground. Make a better choice by making a choice from your true self and not your ego. I'll see you in the next episode. Have a good one. Bye.